You're listening to the Lux Life Discovered Podcast, where we talk with people who are living a lifestyle that reflects their passion, because we believe everyone should be living their best life, their Lux Life. The show is hosted by Rick Steiner with Steiner Event Group, a premier national event planning company, and co-hosted by Shannon Richmond, the vice president of the Panama City Beach Chamber of Commerce. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notifications of future episodes. The show is produced by 30A Media and is broadcast on your favorite podcast outlets, as well as YouTube, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TVs, and other major brand smart TVs. Hello, welcome to Lux Life Discovered. I'm Rick Steiner with Steiner Event Group. My co-host today is Paul Fazard with 30A Media. Welcome, Paul. Thanks a lot. I'm, I'm happy to stand, stand in for, uh, for Shannon. Well, you know, she has this job thing, and so she yeah. couldn't be here. So, <laughs> But uh, we want to welcome our guest, Jacob Taylor from Los Angeles. Jacob, welcome. Hey, guys. Rick and Paul, thanks for having me on. Well, you're, man, we're glad to have you and appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Jacob, well, one of the reasons I wanted to have him, Jacob is a young man that I've known for, we were talking about this before we went on air, for 10 years, met in Kentucky when he was in college. And mm -hmm. um, kind of just start from there, Jacob, and then we'll just, we'll go from there. How's that? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, Rick and I's relationship goes back, yeah, over a decade. You know, we met on, we connected on Facebook, and then Rick started to get me in the modeling world and came like a mentor of mine and um i fell in love with that world now i'm an actor in los angeles and um it, it all conspired from from those days well i tell you what you're just one of those guys that you know you deal with a lot of or i deal with a lot of young people and there's some that you know will do well and then mm -hmm. some that you expect to do well you were both and so i um when you went to LA, you know, that's, that's a huge step because you were, you had one semester of college left, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so as a parent, if my child had done that, I would be like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, that type thing. My parents said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I just, I got accepted into um, an acting program out here and I, I studied, um, it's called the Meisner technique, which is a popular technique within the acting world. And I got into a school out here uh, to study for two years. So that's kind of why I had to I dropped my bags and came out to Hollywood. Right. Well, tell us about the Meisner Technique, because that's it's a prestigious program to be a part of. And it's mm -hmm. probably pretty hard to get into, isn't it? Yes and no. Um, you know, I think they're decently selective on, on who they let in. But they, they'll let in people that they see potential right. um, to do well in the industry and they want to see someone that's going to take the craft seriously um, because it's a, you know, it's a rigorous process. It's a rigorous two years. Um, so me coming from, um, you know, small rural Kentucky and, um, you know, curiosity is what really brought me out to LA. Like everybody I looked up to were, you know, film actors and I loved film and I just wanted to learn, you know, I wanted, I wanted to get my foundation set before I really tried to, start going out for jobs. So the Meisner technique was just, uh, I thought that seemed like a great fit. Okay. So does that, does that cover all genres of acting or does it have a specific kind of, uh, you know, point to it, I guess is what I'm looking at. Yeah. So the Meisner technique, the philosophy, uh, real quick. So Sanford Meisner, um, you know, he, he was part of like the playhouse and all that in New York city. 
And there was really like five guys in the 30s to 50s that kind of created acting, you know, Stella Adler, Sanford Meisner. But my acting teacher, John Ruskin, he studied under Sanford Meisner. He was his apprentice. Um, so he knew what he was talking about when he was teaching it. But the Meisner technique, the philosophy, it's really that acting is reacting. And a lot of it's um, techniques to get you out of yourself and just to focus on um, you guys, to focus on this conversation, to get it off yourself. Um, that acting is so simple um, that it's just reacting. Once you get your lines out of your way and kind of get that in your subconscious, it gives you freedom to play and freedom to react naturally to what's going on in the present moment. Yeah, that would be it for me. Remembering the lines is like, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. So I'd be like, I don't remember. <laughs> It's, just, well, you can it, react when you try to remember the lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, you know, there's a couple tricks to the trade you learn. Yeah. And um, it's really just repetition, like anything else. You got to put in your hours, you For know. Sure. So when you left Kentucky and got, to, you know, arrived in LA, is it what you thought when you first got there? Or were you totally like, like, what in the heck have I done? You know? Yeah, both. All of it. Yeah. All the above. You know, when um, when I first got out here, I had a couch to sleep on. And, and he's I offered told that the, couch to me several times. Yeah, he's like, you <laughs> take the couch? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but I was like, hey, man, just give me 30 days. I'm going to figure it out. You know, I, I had a little money saved up. You know, and then I started the acting program. And then just I got kind of slapped in the face of the reality of how expensive it is out here. Yeah. So, you know, to get a one bedroom is just ridiculous. You know, to get out on your own. And um, L.A. is so spread out that it's not all condensed. So you could be living in this part of town. You have something on this part of town. And if you're driving at the wrong time, it's going to take you an hour and a half versus yeah. 20 minutes with no traffic. Um, so I think looking back in hindsight, I was a little culture shocked. I wouldn't have admitted it at the time. Yeah, you know, of course not. <laughs> but looking back, you know, and you, you get out to Los Angeles and you want to become an actor. There's no guidebook, right? In any other profession, you go to college, right? You get your credentials and you jump into that field and there's no, like you get to LA and say, Hey, here's how to do it. You really, you have to figure it out on your own. I think that's the biggest challenge is trying to set your foundation and yeah, there's no help wanted signs for actors. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and that's and that competition is tough. So you really have yeah. to you have to and this is something about you too that I want people to understand. You have to have that confidence and belief in yourself because if yeah. you don't have that, you'll get eat, eaten alive in that industry. Oh, you'll get eaten alive. And you know, most people give up within the first two to three years. And honestly, I understand. I get it. Like I, I understand why people give up. And I've had so many friend circles out here. Throughout the years, you know, I'll be friends with kind of these group of actors. And before you know it, man, everybody's back in Kansas and Missouri. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you know, so um, I've always had that. I didn't put a timeline of when I want to achieve this. You know, I just kind of had my goal and, and my dream. And I was just like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to I'm going to keep climbing this mountain until um, I achieve. Well, you've done well climbing the mountain. Look here at your film and TV. I mean. You've got some impressive lead roles, co-starring, mm -hmm. guest starring, your commercials. Yeah. Paul, one day I received a text or an email, and um, it was, I think, the first BMW commercial you did. And yeah. he was so excited about that. And 
I was excited because it's like, dang, there's Jacob, and it's cool, you know. So it's fun to see a commercial or or promotional, you know, item, or and then you know the person in it. So yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. That was my first big deal. It was that, that was my first big job. So so were you going on auditions uh, while you were still studying, you know, uh, at school, or no, you just waited till you were out, and then it looks good on your resume, and then you just built mm -hmm. your resume from there. Yep. Yep. And, you know, you start a process, then you, then you write, you have to get an agent. Uh, the agent opens the doors for these right. jobs, right? but you can't just go get some top agent who, who has all these connections. So I really had to build, right. I would get in one place for a year. I would sign a year contract and then I would kind of build some credentials and then I would kind of bounce to another company and bounce to another one. Uh, but really auditioning in itself it is a technique. And I mean, I bet I went on auditions for two years before I got one, yeah. truly. Wow. I mean, I went on a bunch, you know, but I just looked at, I, I looked at the whole, and you're getting rejected the whole time. And that's one of the hardest things about being an actor is you're getting rejected on a day to day, you know? So, so how do you have that confidence? How can you shake that off and not take it personal and just keep the ball moving? Um, so I looked at it as a learning. Go ahead. How do you shake that off? It's a good point. But it's not personal. You just can't take it personal. You know, they're looking for a certain type for that. Like, even now, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I audition now and I know that, hey, hey, they give me the role for John. Right. I, I'm going to prepare and, and I'm going to build my character of John and I'm going to go in there and deliver it. And, it, and it's either going to match with their vision or it's not, you know, um, and, and you're on to the next. But really, those early stages of auditions, it's the hardest because you really don't know how to you haven't had a job to learn how to even develop. Yeah. A right. right. So you just kind of it's a lot of self-learning. You okay. know, when you audition, what size the check might be if you got the role? Do I know? Is there any, you know, I guess it depends on the size of the role. Right. But you know whether mm -hmm. it's a lead actor or not. But, you know. It, there's yeah. hopefully some promise of a check when you, if you actually got the role it's kind of like yeah you know, for the most would, would you yeah. go for every audition because that's you know you know based on the paycheck yeah i mean yeah most of the time you see what the payday is going to be right and um hollywood pays well you know not always but i also wasn't looking at that yeah. for the first Really, not even until recently, <laughs> you know. I wanted to get that established first, yeah, so you could go. Yeah, you, but you can't look at this thing. If you want to be an actor to make money, that you need to get into a different industry because you're just not going to make money right off the bat. You know, I like to say that you get paid on the back end, right? There's a reason these big actors are getting ten million dollars a picture, and they deserve it, man. They, you know, they went seven years without getting paid. <laughs> They've been rejected yeah. and. Put aside, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, that would have to be. I, I don't know if my skin is thick enough for that or not. You know, it's like I. It'd be tough. The, it, if you can see the light at the end, this is uh, advice for anybody. I think for any career, if you see the light at the end of the tunnel, then it's really not rejection. You're just learning. True. You know. Um, but if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, then that's when you need to know if like, you need to pivot into another career or something like that. But I just, I, I just always believe in it. So, well, my wife yeah. tells me no all the time, so I think I'd be okay with that. <laughs> You're used to the rejection. You're not getting rejected more than I do. I don't know. Uh, so, what, what, what 
I guess it may be kind of hard to say this, but like what uh, film or role have you stands out the most in your mind that was the most challenging to do? Hmm. Great question. Um, well, I'll kind of backtrack. What started it all? You know, you see on my resume, I've done a lot of work for Lifetime in the past right. couple of years. You know, I end up leading, I've uh, done eight movies for them total. Okay. And uh, I did. And what started it, I got a co-star on one movie. All right. And then I got another co-star and then it kind of parlayed into, I did, I, I led six films in the span of like a year and like three months. Um, and you traveled all around the country doing those movies too, because you were up in the Northeast. Boston. When we talked, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in Boston for a month. And I did a movie up there. What's I, so to answer your question, what what was the most challenging? Movies are for the most part they're shot out of order, right? So the, these lifetime movies, it, it's a lot of like, right? It's a murder mystery, and and there's a big um, revelation at the end of the movie, like who did it, right? Um, but you could be shooting the beginning of the movie, the next day you're shooting on page 37, and the next day you're shooting the end of the movie, then you're back into the beginning. So you have to re be conscious, what does the audience know, right? That's a good point. You yeah. yeah, you don't want to give away anything. So you have to be, you have to have audience awareness uh, as you're doing those films. Yeah, you don't want to be shooting the end of the movie and then go to like the middle or beginning and then stop production and say, we've already covered this. Yeah, but a lot of that, <laughs> I, was, I was the plot twist in a lot of those movies. I ended up being you know, the bad guy. So, like, there were a couple times where I, I had shot, like, three days in a row where we're revealing that I'm the bad guy. And then we had to backtrack. I wasn't. And I was doing this scene, and the director, he, he stopped me, and he's like, look, your mannerisms are giving away. On page 20 here, like you got to kind of shed that. You got to go back to the innocent guy. So well, I think those are a little... Well, so those, those movies tend to be like a cookie cutter type thing, aren't they? If they're the assuming that they're for the, what we would call the female romantic kind of uh, yep. audience. Yeah. Yeah, they are. There's a formula to those movies for sure. And it's, I like to say they're they're more corporate movies. So being the the bad guy in the movie, that's so out of your who you really are. I, I bet you that was kind of fun to to get out of your comfort zone and to challenge you to do that. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, uh, I got permission to do things that I, I would be arrested if I did it in real life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Yeah, you get you get to play out of the box and you, and, and it's fun. You know, you, you get to let, you get to have a lot of fun with it and you get to kind of be someone that you would never be in real life. You know, right. you get to kind of play, you get to play pretend. That's so. true. Well, good deal. So, what what's in your coming up for you? What's what's ahead? What kind of projects? Uh, so, uh, so, I'm actually producing um two movies right now that I'll be starring in. Um one of them is called Sacred Sky. So actually that screenplay, it won best screenplay at New York Film Festival, Montreal and Barcelona. Um, so I got attached as an actor and now I'm coming on as a producer and, and we've kind of added a whole team together. And starting next week, we'll be starting making offers to directors. And we're shooting for Sundance next year. Wow. So how, so, does, yeah. that, how does that work with the production side of things versus the acting? Is is that where you have to go find money to to fund it with or you know 
kind of piecemeal it and just make it anyway, you know, just based on, you know, disposable not, income? Yeah, you, no, you got to get the money in order because you got it to get a good director attached. You know, I mean, that's at least $100,000. You, you want I'm I'm an established actor, but I'm not this huge name selling name. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so you want, so we need to attach a more well-known actor as well, right? A more box office name. So you got to have money for that. Mm -hmm. um, but really my job has been like assembling the team and um, it's new to me, but I've really just pulled out of my contact list and the network that I've built over the past couple of years. I'm, I'm also represented. I'm in two really good contracts right now. Um, with a company in New York and a company out here that are um, guiding me along the way. So well, the best way would be to go to the parties and just talk to the folks there, you know? It's Surprise the parties, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that as much as I can. He's, he's watched too many movies about <laughs> crashing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want to come out here, man. We'll go crash the party. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, be a day trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll tell your wife. Yeah. Oh, gee, <laughs> just, I'd have to bring her, and then there's a real problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. So the producing part of it, what interested in you, or what what piqued your interest in that area? Um, honestly, opportunities really came my way. Um, I, I but I do I love filmmaking and and I love the whole process of it. I'm kind of obsessed with this industry and kind of how it how it ticks and operates, and I love it. Um. Yeah, I had a writer approach me with the script that I just told you about, and he wanted me to play the lead. And I was just like, hey, man, how are you going to get this movie made? And he was like, I don't know, man, I'm just a writer. So um, he agreed to let me come on as a producer, and we got that contracted up. And um, so, yeah, I'm just forming the team around it. And the next project that I have after that is a it's a true story regarding the fentanyl crisis and opioids. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's it's a true story about a mother and son, and they're you know he was in a car wreck at 18 years old, got prescribed oxycotton, and from that first time he got prescribed that you know a decade late it just turned into a decade long battle with addiction and and the healthcare system and doctors deeming him away as an addict and then it um, you know it ended in his overdose in um, 2021. Oh wow! Uh, so we actually. I can't say who it is, but I actually interviewed a writer yesterday who's one of the he's one of the head writers on Yellowstone. Interesting. Um, yeah, so he's actually agreed to write the project. But we still have some interviews coming up and um I'll be playing the lead role in producing that as well. That's that's a, that's, that's a yeah. hot hot topic right now as well. And I think one of the more rec more recent one on Oxy was called Dope Sick. Well, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, that was that was pretty wild. That tells you all what's going on going on and how they get the drugs pass through and so on. Yeah, it's it, it's an issue in our country. You know, it's actually fentanyl is the number one killer in America right now. And, you know, there's about 200 people a day that are dying from opioids or fentanyl, which is essentially a huge plane going down every single day. Right. And if that was the case, like they would shut down the airlines. Right. So yeah, yeah. there just needs to be more change on what's going on. And it's something I'm passionate about. Um, and that's the right. That's the power of film, right? It's like you can get messages across that people might not know about otherwise, and, and bring awareness to a certain topic. And um, that's what's been such a joy about producing. It's kind of getting in on the back end of that and um, having control of that story and that narrative. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because I'm sure you're going to have the people that are willing to participate and provide you great 
statistics and information, and you're gonna have mm -hmm. those that are gonna try to probably put up a wall and yep. make it difficult at the same time. So that's yeah. Yeah, well, you just gotta you gotta get a good lawyer. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, make sure you're protected. Yeah. Well, that's two great projects. Goodness. So and really diverse projects at that as well so that I, they are. go ahead i'll just touch real quick about the plot line of the first movie sacred sky it's about a uh, an artist in new york city and his um it's a latin american family in the bronx and the lead character his uncle has leukemia and he needs a bone marrow transplant to save his life and they're trying to find a match but it, that's actually more difficult in the latino family so he goes back to the dominican republic to try to find his estranged father of 25 years to see if he's a match. And um, it's just a beautiful story. So we're really excited to get that going. We'll be shooting in New York City, then we're going down to the Dominican for about a month and a half uh, to shoot it. And we've already got it all lined up with studios and everything down there. So it's what's exciting. The, what's the name of the production company now that you have? Well, I've actually LLC'd my own production company called Taylor Film Productions. Um, so that's behind it. And we have another guy named Chris Black. Uh, Tristan DeSanchez is the producer who came on board. He produced The Voice um, for three seasons. Um, so he's coming on board. And then with the other project, it's a company called Bohemia Group Originals. Um, so well, yeah. I don't know if that made sense. Yes, it did. <laughs> okay. I'm proud of you, young man. You, you're doing hey. great things, and it's fun to see someone you know excelling at the level that you are and taking the risk and reaping the rewards. I appreciate it. You know, you've been a, uh, you've been such a good friend over the years, Rick. You, you were one of the first people that believed in me, like truly, truly. Well, it, you made I it easy. Are you kidding? Part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, good deal. What so you, what's your, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the trends for movies that they're getting a lot longer these days, or at least, you know, I mean, I struggle to go watch something that's four hours long. Or, I mean, although I did watch uh, something the other night that was two and a half, and I thought that was long, but it wasn't. Uh, it was the, yeah. uh, it was the, uh, I forget the name of it now, the, the uh, it was the Korean War one where the air, the pilots go in and, you know, okay. and the old planes. I forget the name of it though. You know what I think? It, I think America or just in general, um, viewers, our, our, our attention span has gotten so much shorter with watching these TV shows. <laughs> you know, you, you go pop on a, a 30 minute episode, you can binge the next one, boom, 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 and it's just condensed. So to go sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie, to most people now, that sounds like forever. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, if it's a good movie and it keeps moving, then okay. You know, it, I think if it's done, mm -hmm. if it's done well, then it doesn't feel like the two hours, you know, and, and uh, I think you can live with it. Yeah. But I think, you know, what was it? Avatar's like four, is it? I mean, you just gotta have a. I mean, you just gotta have a compelling story. You really do, and there's got to be arcs in that story. Yeah. Uh, to keep it interesting. So. I, I would be a lot of raisinets for me in that movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll plug in my newest movie. I just had a movie go on Amazon Prime uh, two days ago called Stranger. Um, so if you guys want to watch that, it's about a ninety-minute run. Um, yeah, and it's it's a thriller slash horror it'll it'll keep you interested the whole time all right so we've good. got you a little promo there now so yeah yeah man <laughs> so yeah. notice it it's on amazon prime right now 
so how is that changing the the the, the landscape as well, where it's, it seems to be where there's non-traditional outlets for where a movie ends up and ends up being mm -hmm. seen and how that, you know, adjusted to the, the size of the audience even may even be larger from, from those different outlets. It is, you know, the landscape of, of the industry in Hollywood has definitely changed. Um, I think my personal belief, I think there's way more opportunities than there used to be. There's a lot of opportunities for actors and filmmakers these days, because you have all these different outlets that you can get them on. I think it's raised the competition level, but it's not what it used to be. Right, 15 years ago, it was really just cable TV and the, and the movie theaters. That was it, you know? Yeah. Jacob, um, well, just spent. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, you try not to cough, and then you, the more you try not to, the the worse it is. So we'll edit that part out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, so do you have okay. to, you also have to find distribution for the movie as well if you're not doing it yourself. I mean, a friend of ours is an independent filmmaker, and for her to get revenues in on her movie, she actually has a lot of them overseas, like Japan and, and even in, into China, where they're getting checks from there for the movie, which... I thought it was amazing. It's like, that's, that's really cool to, to see it, see that happening. Yeah, the, actually the majority of films that go into a theater release nine out of 10 times, they're going to make more money internationally than domestically. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So are you, will you per, like promote a lot of what you produce internationally then as well? Will we promote it over there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll promote it over there. You know, the goal with <laughs> really the first project, Sacred Sky, is we're looking at a director right now who just won Cannes Film Festival last year. Um, so we're looking to attach him. And what what Cannes Film Festival, Sundance Film Festival, South by Southwest, New York, all that is, it's pretty much a huge market. And you have Apple TV, you have Netflix, you have Amazon Prime, you have Paramount. They're all looking to buy. Right. And especially the ones that win the awards. Um, so we're, we're trying to make a run at it and go up there and sell it. And then you just get a bigger distribution deal that can go international or domestically or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So the award shows do make a difference. They do. They do. Those film festivals. Yeah. There's a reason for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, when we first met you, over a decade ago, if you yep. tell me we'd be sitting here. I knew you would be successful, but the, yeah. but what you're doing, man, is just so impressive. So, oh man, thank you so much, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I never, I guess you never know where your life's going to go. You know, at, at nineteen, at nineteen years old. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I, I was just, I was just kept an open mind. You know, and I, I think anything's achievable. You just got to kind of, you got to make it happen. You know. Well, as your income grows from your movies. I expect a royalty. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just that unspoken agreement. Hey, if I win at Sunday, it's going to be the first person I think. So. <laughs> you got to get in line. Here. You got to get in line. That's true. Hey, I was there at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Course, no. yeah. So, Rick's so. number one, man. Rick's number one. Yeah. Well, no. listen, just one thing. Like, if you, if you like what you're listening to or watching and you have questions for Jacob, you know, feel free to comment in the this will be on YouTube, and it's, of course, in uh, podcasting uh, outlets as well, like Spotify and so on. So, you know, mm -hmm. drop us a line. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you think. If you need some advice or whatever it is, you know, I'm sure that uh, Jake would be glad to help, you know, uh, in between doing all his uh, projects. 
Yeah, you, you can follow me on uh, Instagram. It's at Jacob W. Taylor. Oh, there you um, go. Shoot yeah. me a DM. So what, what is yet, to, I mean, what would you like to accomplish, say, in five years? What would be the, like, one of your highlights that you'd like to achieve? Um, definitely getting these two movies made that, that I kind of have on my plate right now. Um, yeah, to get those accomplished uh, would be a huge, it'd just be a huge accomplishment. Um, and then outside of that, you know, like I mentioned, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to just have two, two really good contracts right now in representation. Right. And I'm starting to go out for a lot of those bigger deals with uh, Netflix and HBO. Um, so I would love to lead a series within the next year or two. Uh, I'd love to get on one of those hot shows and just uh, make a run for it. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. There's, you know, there's, there's so much good content out there right now. And um, I, I'm finally in a place where I can, you know, those doors are starting to open. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. One thing we find we're in the streaming uh, TV business, you know, we develop uh, channels and so on for people. And uh, you know, one of the things that I see on a regular basis is actually the, uh, sort of uh, ability for independent filmmakers to be in their own kind of streaming network. And I think there's a big opening for that. That's that there's a space in the market to where somebody could actually start an independent film streaming TV network and, you know, uh, and, and talk to folks like yourself with your independent video uh, with uh, movies, sorry. And uh, you know, build a channel, pull other people's uh, videos in and, and, and films mm -hmm. in. Um, and, uh, you know, build an audience for it. I think there's a, there's a big outlet there. There's a big outlet there. And, you know, just how the industry's changed so much, it, you can take so much more, uh, you have control over so much more than I think you used to in Hollywood. You know, like you said, you can build your own channel. You can, I mean, you, you can shoot a movie on your iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can really take control and, um, create opportunities for yourself, which I think right. is important. For sure, absolutely. There may be opportunities for you guys with your media company to. Well, you never know. Something, yeah. You never so know. Who knows? He's Not that you know. He's Mr. He may be before he gets too big for us. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I won't be your golf ball. No, I'm What's kidding. that? <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, who are they? No. Yeah. yeah. So. But how how long have you guys been doing this podcast? Oh, started a little over a year ago. Just one thing okay. I wanted to showcase a lot of talent here along the Gulf Coast in Florida that. I've met over the last two years, and then we joined 38 TV with our own channel on their network okay. um, a few months ago, six yeah. months ago, maybe. Yeah, we're developing yeah. Roku and Amazon channels and so on just for this podcast, oh, so it, it kind of puts it out into a larger audience and, uh, you know, makes it the more eyeballs that can see it. Uh, you never know who's watching, you know. It's not a matter sure. about having 100,000 mm -hmm. followers. You just need one if it's Oprah. Yeah, you do. Very well said. <laughs> Where are you guys based out of now? Are you in Kentucky? No, we're in Santa Rosa, Florida. Is that where you live permanently now? No, I'm still in Kentucky. I'm here a week a month. So, yeah, we travel and do Got some it. work here. And then we do the podcast here. And then once we join 38 TV, then we, we've done a lot remotely, a lot of interviews, mm -hmm. which has been so much fun. And then we've got yeah. two other remote you know, podcasts we'll be doing later today. And it's just fun to connect with people like you that mean something to me that are doing well and a good example for other people. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah. yeah I think it's incredible what you're doing, man. Well, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Come visit us at the beach sometime. It's uh, one of the better ones. 
I need to. (laughs) (laughs) A little jab there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Jacob, thank you so much for being on today. Always good to see you, man. I look forward to being out in California soon and we'll mm-hmm. definitely get together there and, and visit some more I love that man uh, thank you so much for, for reaching out and for having me on the platform and paul it was great to meet you you bet and uh yeah i'll talk to you soon rick okay i'll keep you up with everything all right sounds great well be sure to look for jason's two projects that will be coming out soon and then as well as the movies that he's been in there'll all be a link in our um, post so thank you for joining us today that's another episode of lux life discovered Check out Lux Life Discovered on Facebook and Instagram and on 30a.tv. See you next time on Lux Life Discovered.